Today I'm joined by a male nurse from Nashville, Tennessee on episode 10 of... My guest is a close friend with whom I have not lived in the same city in seven years. But every time I get to see him, I feel like he still lives across the hall from me, just like he did in college, and he's still waking me up or keeping me up at night. We always end up having these long philosophical conversations about everything from social media to the indubitable eloquence of Bruce Springsteen. He is a registered nurse who previously worked in that capacity at a federal prison and has recently moved to a large hospital setting. It is my sincere privilege to introduce Chicago's lost son, Mr. Jonathan Freypart. Johnny, be good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. My, I'm a big my, fan. My pleasure and privilege, good sir. How's the nursing racket these days? The nursing that I do is, is medical surgical nursing, which is just um, it's a broad form of, you know, it's all surgical pace. It's known as the boot camp of nursing. So basically what they do, like they recommend you start off with something like this in your first four or five years because it really lets you develop your skill set. It's, like, uh, it's like learning to practice you know, acoustic guitar before you, you start on electric. There's a lot of opportunities to specialize in nursing, you know, like you can go, you know, oncology or you can go cardiac or you can go, you know, respiratory. But the type of nursing I'm doing right now is just so broad. So I'm like, it's like the uh, minor leagues of nursing, you know, but it's, like, it's tough. <laughs> fundamentals. It's You're learning nursing fundamentals. It's a, and it's a lot of the grunt work. Like it's, it's, I think, um, I think people would be surprised how demanding, how physically, I think, you know, mentally demanding it can be. I mean, you just got off work right now, and it's it's eight o'clock in the morning in in Nashville right now. Nine o'clock. Yeah, I work the night shift. You work overnight shifts. So, I mean, that's but, uh, that's that's pretty nuts, man. Yeah, but I love it. You know, it's a good job for me. Like, I don't think a lot of guys. I never like thought of it as an option to be a nurse growing up, and even high school, college. You know, but it's. Uh, would you say that it's a would you say that it's a blue collar profession nursing or a white collar profession? That's actually a great question because I think um it's really I'd say like a 50-50. And if anything it's maybe 60% blue collar, 40% white collar. It's like and, a it's like anything, a light probably, blue, a light blue collar. I would say more or less like a Carolina blue, <laughs> you know. Okay. So I think a tar heel blue collar. But uh but it's, it's, it's demanding, you know, because you have, like, like I just had a patient tonight who was, you know, an 80-year-old lady who's for all intents and purposes in a, more or less in a coma. But you're physically having to deal with a 200 pounds moving around, cleaning up, you know, in addition to making sure they're healthy and taking care of but just to manage that, that's it's very physically demanding. It's definitely not something I could do, man, and uh, I'm sure your patients okay. and their families are happy to, to have you on board. Um, if I was a nurse, it would it would not be pretty. There would be, uh, I definitely would get fired very quickly. Let me ask you something, John. How many times have you seen Bruce Springsteen? I've seen Bruce um, 15 times, and I have five concerts coming up. Because, so. I mean, I find it interesting, because you're, you're a nurse. You love Springsteen. We were just talking about the Tar Heel collar. The boss is a man, obviously, of, 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 of immense wealth at this point in his career, but he still wants to represent the factory worker. How do you think your job and how you always viewed yourself finding employment, how do you think that relates to the dichotomy in Bruce Springsteen as a person and uh, secondarily Bruce Springsteen as a musician and the, and the songwriting voice that he brings to these sort of downtrodden character songs like Johnny 99? I've said before, and I mean this like sincerely, it might sound weird, but other than my mom and my dad, 
I think nobody has had more of an influence on my life than Bruce Springsteen in terms of shaping how I, you know, view and see the world and the optimism I do have for the world, you know, and, and, um, and I think that's a good thing. But what I take from Bruce to my work, like I find him very inspirational on a number of levels, but I don't know if you know, but the whole thing with the long four-hour whatever shows, when he's asked about it, what he says, is his dad was like a factory worker for a while and a bus driver. And his dad, his idea of work, which came from his dad, was you worked until you were, you know, you worked until you couldn't work anymore. So he's always brought that ethic into his shows, regardless of how much money he's making or that's at the core of it. And it, it's, it's, uh, I think it's beautiful. It's powerful. Yeah, man. That's, is it true? Is it true that, is it true that you only like Bruce Springsteen's music because you first, when you first heard his name, you thought he was Jewish? No, that's not true. <laughs> that's false. You said you had a couple of questions for me about last episode. Why don't you go ahead with those? Yeah. Okay. So the last episode about your company song and everything, I was wondering, um, do they, I was curious about how the Native employees view that song in the sense, do they view it, like, are they cynical? Are they annoyed with it? Like, the way I view corporate bullshit policies that we have to do in terms of... Uh, I don't know, man. That's a great question. I'd have to ask them, and I'd have to get them to be honest with me, and because of the like, role I have, I don't think that's really ever possible. But I think that there's a cultural element here where there's a, a sense of loyalty to company that I don't think has existed in the U.S. in a very long time. I think that um, the idea of working for the same company your whole life is more common in, in Japan. Uh, and I think maybe there's some yeah. element of that, but I really don't know, man. It's a great question. But you, like, can't you, can t can't you like, regardless of, like, being able to talk to them, like, can't you see in their body language? Like, like I picture you wake up, you know, you go to work, it's morning time, and company song comes on. Like, <laughs> are the guys in the office standing next to you, are they sort of like, ah, oh, fucking A, we have to sing this, or are they like, like, what are they bringing to the table, like, it's a good it's such like, a good question like on monday i i wish i could understand on monday sometimes they don't seem as into it but it might just be that it's a monday i don't know man i told you there's a couple guys who belt there's a couple people who like sing quietly most of the people just kind of like saying like you know hitori hitori yeah. hitori hitori and then there's like the hitori like you know, so I, I don't know, man. I don't have the. I don't have a good answer for that. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Regarding those morning calisthenics, you spoke about that they do the morning calisthenics as part of the morning routine. I was curious on how effective those seem to be in terms of a, a weight loss regimen. And do you think that the existence of these calisthenics in the work office replaces what maybe Americans um, <laughs> would instead do by like working out after work's over? I have, again, obviously no idea. I haven't done the calisthenics. But, I mean, these guys are in, like, wait, business attire. Wait, why, why don't you have to do the calisthenics? Are you, is the American exempt <laughs> from the calisthenics? No, I told you, only a couple people do the calisthenics. Like, none of the women do the calisthenics, and it's really, like, mostly older men who do it. And they're not, like, they don't do it every time. There's only, like, one or two dudes who I think do it in the morning and afternoon. At least on my floor. So, I mean, so there's other floors. You know, I don't know. Maybe other floors. The calisthenics are the are the hit of the party. I don't know. I'm fascinated by this. I am too, man. Next question, please, sir. <laughs> How many are there? What exactly are you doing there? And um, and more specifically, I was curious because um, from what I hear on your um, 
show a lot of the times it seems like you don't understand, you know, you're constantly not understanding what's being said. So I don't get how you could possibly contribute in a productive manner to a <laughs> company where you don't know how to talk to anybody. Right. Well, I mean, uh, the international language of business is English, obviously, and the company's contracts are written in English by the people on my floor that I work with. So I help them with the English. And then obviously there's legal elements. And uh, so I help with the law. I sort of advise them because often they're drafting contracts with American companies that are governed by American law. Uh, but obviously talking about law is not exactly exciting. <laughs> So I don't really talk about it on the podcast, but that's that's a uh, a really good question, uh, and I'm, I apologize if that's been unclear. But I do actually do quite a bit of work. <laughs> okay, so you're responsible for because the drafts are done in English, correct? That's correct. That's what you said. That's correct. So you make sure the drafts look grammatically and the forms are done correctly or the ideas are correct. Yeah, the I, the ideas are correct. That everything is clear and consistent. Like general, just like law stuff, basically nothing super innovative or exciting. But like, isn't about there it. like, is there ever like an issue where it's like there? Isn't there a point where they are trying to say something that they don't know? Like, how are you able? Like, well, they're 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 really good at reading and writing English. It's just that you know the way we talk is different than the way we write sometimes. And I also talk really fast as a New Yorker, and so it, most of the time they don't understand me, and that's my problem. Like I'm the issue, not them. I think. Are there Jews in Japan? <laughs> um, I'm sure there are plenty of there are plenty of expats. I'm sure there are many many Jews in Japan. Wikipedia says two thousand. Well, there's there, is there four. <laughs> yeah, there are forks. I'm able to get forks wherever I want. Have you got a fork? So we, we've talked about uh, all sorts of uh, random stuff, but one, one of the things I wanted to have you on the podcast for is you are a uh, nurse, as we discussed, and I had to undergo a physical for my company uh, in order to be put on the company insurance plan here in Japan. So my babysitter, who I've told you guys about, the guy at work who sort of takes care of me, I met him outside a subway station not too far away from where the office is on a Friday morning. And uh, then we had to take like a bunch of other trains. It was like 25 or 30 minutes in transit and it was snowing. And then we had to get a cab once we got there to get to the actual clinic. But we get to the clinic. And this is a company-specific clinic. Like so anybody who works for the company mm -hmm. has to go there and get their insurance checkup. And like this is where they go to get checked out if it's like a regular doctor's appointment and stuff. I think uh, it was like very militaristic like it was like a recruiting draft medical checkup center it was like in stripes when Bill Murray's like uh, what can you show me in a bikini low rise and there were like numbered stations like up to like I don't know 10 or 12 or something like that and when I first got there I had to go into like a locker room and change into like pajama pants and like a two-piece kind of gown sort of thing and I grabbed the large size on the pants but uh, they were like capris on me man it wasn't pretty they x-rayed me without a lead vest is that bad? Like, that can't be good. You know what they were taking x-rays of? I think my lungs. No, that don't make sense. Maybe not an x-ray like, then. Are you sure? I, it wasn't an x-ray the way I've ever taken one. It was like, uh, I was like standing up against like a wall, and then they put the machine on me. But they exited the room for it. Yeah. You know what it, you know what, actually, you know what my prediction would be? Is they might have been looking for um, tuberculosis, like a chest x-ray is like, good diagnostic tool for that it's an interesting if I had theory to, if if i was on who wants to be a millionaire if they were looking at the lungs 
I would go with tuberculosis. Is that your final answer? We, is there? Yeah, definitely fine. I don't even want to ask the audience. Then we also had a vision test and a hearing test. They took a blood sample. They took a urine sample. They measured my weight and my height in kilograms and meters because that means anything to me. And then they gave me an EKG, yeah. John. That's good. That's smart. I've never had an EKG That's in my life. You should have seen the look on this woman's face when she realized she was going to have to attach those things to my chest hair. Everything was fine, but, like, isn't that weird that they gave me an EKG? Is that normal for a physical? Like, did you ever have to administer an EKG to an inmate? I actually, with inmates, I did EKGs all the time because they would be faking chest pains. Like, I would have to go and... What do you mean do, they'd be... Um, what do you mean they'd be faking chest pains? Like, a lot of like a lot of the stuff I dealt with in the prison was just, like, they want to cause a stir or a ruckus, or they want to... Usually what they want to do is get the female nurse out there, you know, so they can <laughs> um, pleasure themselves to that, or, you know, they have their reasons for that. But, um... <laughs> so, the, the easiest... The one medical trump card that an inmate has, for most of the stuff they say... The guard can be like, shut up, you know, but the one thing and they like they know is you can't you have to respond to chest pain because it could like be a heart attack. Trump card. Yeah, but it's always bullshit. So you have, you know, 28 year old guys who are as healthy as like an NBA player consistently with chest pain. So, you know, you do the EKG, but it's a good it's, I'm actually impressed that your company did this. That's well, it may be separate. It may be that. separate from the company. It may have to do with the insurance they get, but it was still kind of crazy. Then there, you know, there was like a whole like question and answer thing like how many drinks do you have yeah. a week? How many do? But I they were asking me in Japanese, so the guy had to like my buddy had to like answer all the questions for me and he's like, "How much do you drink?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Is this like, should I be honest? Should I be worried that, like, now the guy at work knows that I drink too much? <laughs> you know, like, isn't this supposed yeah. to be doctor-patient company? <laughs> like, what's going on right now? John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. It's always good to talk to you. Any any final words you want to leave my uh, my shitty audience with? No, I just want to say thanks for having me. And, uh, uh, you know, I love you. Miss you. I think the world of you. And uh, I think... I think you're really doing a good thing with the podcast, and I don't know how many people are listening. I think it's good stuff. I really, I really, like, I would listen anyways because I'm your friend, and I'm just interested to hear, but, like, I'm actually, like, excited to listen to episodes. Thanks, so, man. That, that is that is and, extremely kind and of I, you And I want to know if I can get uh, your company song on a ringtone. <laughs> I will, uh, uh, we can make that happen for you, buddy. Uh, yet again, we've gone way too long, but, uh. Arigato gozaimashita for listening and sayonara.